This is Wildcat Country. It's only right. The ball's in his hands. A milestone victory for Arizona. Simon Says Championship. All the inside scoop on U of A athletics. Welcome to another edition of Wildcat Country. Eric Cohen and Shane Dalen, yes, we're back. We missed a week for the first time in 150 weeks or something like that. But we are back and a lot to talk about. Not quite Cal Ripken's streak, but not too shabby. Not too bad, Shane. Not too bad. It, it felt weird last week not being able to talk to you. It was And there weird. was some news. We watched the baseball team flame out in spectacular fashion mm. in two games, in two non-competitive games mm. uh, in the NCAA tournament. Some changes as far as coaching. Uh, a lot of stuff going on with the Pac-12 and Big 12, and we'll talk about that later in the show. But we have a great guest today, uh, Chip Patterson, who is uh, works with CBS Sports, uh, my colleague at at CBS Sports and on Sportsline's Early Edge is going to join us also on the Cover 3 podcast. Always an entertainer, always a uh, an entertaining personality, so looking forward to chatting with him here in a little bit. But Shane, uh, glad to have you back, glad to be back with you, and now let's get right into it. It is time for Buy or Sell, which is presented by our friends at Ice Shaker. Go to IceShaker.com, use promo code Wildcat Country, and save $5 off one of those beauties like Shane is drinking out of on the YouTube stream. And if not, go to fanatics.com and you can buy one there, but not without not with the Wildcat Country promo code. All right, number one, Shane, assuming Arizona's men's basketball re- roster is complete for next season and not unrealistic for looking at Final Four tickets this early, buy or sell? You know exactly what you're doing and it's asking yes, me that I question. Do. Yes, Why I do. Why are you like this? The guy, you know, the guy who started how many episodes? The guy who who started who, who looked up uh, Rose Bowl or looked up hotels in Pasadena when the, the second Kevin Kevin someone got hired. Yeah, that was not good. That no. was not my best. No, no, that was not my best move. No, no. Um, okay, well, so you got. Do you want to ask me a real question, or do you want me just to go with this? And no, I mean, do you have a problem sell? with me looking at Final Four tickets? I'll oh, probably you do whatever you want, but I I don't touch. Is that, that a stuff. jinx? I, I mean, how how much more can you jinx this program? I mean, it's been 22 uh-huh. years and counting, but no, I, I I like the way the class is is shaped up. Uh, those who I think have uh, were critical of Tommy Lloyd uh, should uh, it, being maybe what they considered slow in the process. Uh, maybe just patience. I know it, it, the the transfer portal is more of a, a sprint, not a marathon, but he got the job done. Now he sort of sort of backed his way into into Caleb Love, but it well, but it worked. Yes, he out. did. But it worked out nicely, and it was a nice, uh, certainly, if you want to call it a consolation prize mm-hmm. for not for not yeah. getting Ryan Nemhard, it was it was excellent. So, uh, I like the shape of the team. I I like the structure a little bit, actually a little bit better than this past season. Since I mean, who knows how everything's going to come together? But it's a more guard heavy team with some big guys who can who can play and defend. Uh, and and score. You you, know, you got Balo coming back, and you got uh, Keshad Johnson coming from San Diego State. Uh, hopefully, a couple at least. Hopefully, at least one of the Lithuanian guys will be instant contributors. Uh, and um, you know, Ra- Ignac- Ignacio Rizoda. I was trying to get his name exactly right. Yeah, he gave us some great insight on that uh, uh, the other week. But uh, between uh, you know Caleb Love, Kylan Boswell. Uh, Jaden Bradley coming over, Pella Larson still with the team. They have a lot of great gar- options at guard. Hopefully, KJ Lewis. Maybe he'll even make um, he'll make waves in his freshman season. So, I think this team is. It's hard for like, what are the odds of three years in a row? Arizona is going to have as much success in the regular season as they've had. But I think they're a team that 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 is built for March if everything comes together. So many years. I mean, it, it's June. They're built for March more. If you want to start looking at final yes. four t- tickets, go ahead. Uh, All right. So here's the thing. I, I'm not going to waste money on sitting in an upper deck ticket in a football stadium. I mean, I sat lower yet. deck the last time I was here. It was, it was still bad. So you know what? I'm saving up. Put your money away now. I'm just going to say this. Put your money away now. And if this team is as good as I think they can be, you might use that money just you know you put ten dollars a week away now well here's here's the question because there there is a um the like an aggregate of of 
preseason polls, way too early preseason polls, I think eight of them, that uh, the average amount in Arizona is ranked number 18 nationally. Um, yeah, I think that's too low. I, I think it's too I, low. I think it's fair. I think it's right. I mean, you lose Julius I, I Tubelis, you lose your starting point guard, Kirk Carissa. You got really three guys coming you back. Upgraded. From you upgraded. You uh, upgraded. Caleb Love is a giant upgrade over Kirk Carissa, in my opinion. I mean, maybe I end up wrong, but I think that's a giant upgrade. Losing to Bellis hurts, but I think the fact that Arizona got tougher, got tournament tougher. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is significant. You know, the regular season might not be as good. I'll give you that. Yeah. But I don't care if they, if they make a run in March and get me excited and not lose to Princeton in the first round as a as a two seed. Well, and like we talked about, I, I think that, and I will concede your point that Arizona did not have what you call an alpha on this, this past year's team, except, you know, Kirk Reese was that guy sometimes, but even he kind of wilted at times. You're not going to have a shortage of guys who are, are unafraid uh, to take the final shot and have the ball in the final seconds for better or worse. I think Kylan Boswell is going to be one of those guys. Uh, yeah. And then you have you throw Caleb Love in there. So you, you have yeah. at least two. So uh, and guard play, great guard play is what wins in March. Has there, did Arizona gain more than it lost? Maybe. Oh yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but I mean, you just as frustrated as we are with Debellis and um, you know, in in March and in both NCAA tournaments he appeared in, uh, it's hard to replace a guy like that in his production. So I, I don't take that for granted. But uh, you certainly like the way the, the class shaped up. Uh, it's just a matter of uh, if, you know if if everything comes together, if the if this team can be unselfish and play kind of unlike the team. You remember, you know, we've talked about that the DeAndre Ayton's year where it seemed like it was kind yeah. of a, cl- a clicky team and, mm-hmm. and and not a lot of you know, just a lot of guys maybe playing for themselves. If Arizona can avoid that, Tommy Lloyd and, and the assistants, um, you, know, you know, Steve Robinson knows Caleb Love, obviously, from North Carolina. Uh, if they could help you know, maybe help get these guys to put the egos aside, then, yeah, they, they could be a special team. But I think number 18 is about right for now. Uh, number two, with the addition of Purdue in Indianapolis, that's the latest game that we had talked about. We had heard yep. that Arizona was going to add another big game. Uh, Arizona is making its schedule for the next two years with the return games simply too difficult for its own good. Buy or sell, Shane. No, we've been down this road before too, and I'm going to sell it uh, in a heartbeat. I, I don't think, I don't think there's such a thing as too difficult. Uh, you're you're not going to get punished for losing these games. You'll get rewarded. Yes, you are. No, no, not not. Well, if not they go zero and five, you get punished. Well, sure. Well, okay, fine. But I'm, I, you, they go 500 or they, they go, I mean, how many? You go three and two. I mean, the, 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 all right. So here are the games. You're, you're yeah, at yeah, Duke. Yeah. You're, you're at Duke. Yeah. You have Wisconsin at home. And then you have yeah. three neutral site games Michigan State, who's going to be in the top 10, yeah. Alabama, who's fringe top 10, and, uh, you know, now Purdue, who's going to be in the top 10. And that's, it's I mean, a quote unquote neutral site game because that's an Indianapolis. Yeah. I mean, it's basically, a, it's basically a home game for, for Purdue. So yeah. you're basically playing Shane right now as it stands. Four top 10 teams in Wisconsin who's a fringe top 25 team. Yeah. I mean, you're staring one and four in the face. Is that, that, that's not fine. Well, what's the difference between going one and four in those games and going five and over oh four and one against a bunch of sub 200 net teams? Uh, is it really that big a difference? Yeah. For seeding, it helps. If, if, if they say they go one and four in those games and then they finish strong, that toughens them up. They do well in conference play. They win the conference time. Eric here. You're not getting a one seed. Big picture. You're not getting a one seed either way. Well, that's because that's benefited them so much. Look, it's a simple college basketball. Is simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. You you get to the tournament, and then you win six games in a row when you get there. That's it. You get in, and we saw it last season. You and Keisha Johnson can tell you. You get in, you get a shot. I know that sounds like a cliche, but it's the truth. If if you if I, I would rather Arizona go into the tournament as a, as a hot five or six seed with a chip on its shoulder than a one or a two seed that thinks it's already arrived and can roll over Princeton. Fair enough. I, I think, I, and I'm going to stand by this, and I know a lot of you are going to disagree, and by all means, put it in the comments, and if, if feel free to disagree with me on this one. I, I think scheduling five games like this is exciting from a fan's perspective to be able to watch this, but I think realistically, if you don't win two out of the five, it is a very bad move. I mean, Wisconsin's a must. And then you just, you're going to have to, I mean, Alabama is probably the other one because it's played in the state of Arizona. But when you look at next year's schedule, you're going to have Duke at home at Wisconsin. Um, Michigan State's not on there, but, you know, Purdue is in Las Vegas. And then I believe you're at, uh, what's the other one, at Alabama in Birmingham, mm-hmm. which is essentially a road game. Yeah. I, in my opinion, it's just too difficult to me. So I I don't love it. I I. I guess maybe I'm just a little bit jaded, Eric, but I, I, I mean, I'm excited for these games, but I also, you sure. know, I, as great as the regular season accolades are, 
I, I've I would trade them in a heartbeat for a final four. I mean, Arizona's oh, done Arizona has done everything except get back there since 2001. Regular season conference titles, yeah. Pac-12 tournament titles, a bunch of uh, in-season tournaments, uh, you know, the Maui Invitational obviously. You send a bunch of guys to the NBA draft, everything except goal 1A, 1 and 1A, which is win yeah. the championship, get to the final four. They haven't done either, and I will trade a I I will take a, a mediocre or, or slightly above average uh, regular season, uh, as long as it, it, they're able to, to put some solid games together in March. That's just my opinion. All right. Well, we waited long enough to talk about this one, Shane. Number three, Arizona's collapse in the NCAA baseball tournament changed your position from a couple weeks ago on Chip Hale, AKA, uh, hot seat next year. The hot seat meter has gone up for Chip Hale after watching that team. I, in my opinion, just play with like, they didn't care to be there, which was stunning. Yeah, I'm going to sell this one too. I'm on a sell streak on, on the because it doesn't change my mind. I, I mean, I was very disappointed in their performance in in regionals. You know, especially when you have a bunch of people griping they shouldn't have been in that that you know ASU right, and, USC, and and yeah, and they certainly did not help their their cause. Now, I don't think that what happens in the tournament should make or break whether they should have gotten in. Like I remember uh, the Russ Pennell season. Um, when Arizona got, got, it was like the last team in as a 12 seed, they won a couple of games and got to the sweet 16 and everyone said, well, the fact that they got there doesn't validate the decision to put them in. I said, well, no, it doesn't. The fact that they won five, uh, top, it's like top 50 RPI games, uh, validated the decision for them to get in there. So while I, I questioned the baseball teams getting in, I, I don't question the logic behind it because their strength of schedule, including the non-conference was very good and they finished strong. So that to me doesn't have much to do with it. I don't know if I would have put them in just if I was a commit trying to be an impartial committee member. Uh, but I think they, they're what I'm saying is their, their performance in regionals as bad as it was, doesn't shouldn't make or break the, the decision. Cause it's already been done. And I, I think you have to look at what's already happened with that said, I, I think Arizona is already taking steps to, to transition and, and improve in the areas that they need to. Obviously, pitching is the big one, and they uh, they parted with Dave Lawn, who I think was kind of – it kind of sounded like maybe it was kind of an understanding that, okay, you're here to help Chip Hale with the transition, but I don't know if it's going to be a long-term thing. He did that. He bowed out gracefully after eight years. And now yep. um, uh, Kevin Vance from Boston College, who's done a really good job there, sent some – helped some pitchers there uh, get uh, drafted by the major league baseball. He did a great job at Rhode Island before then bringing him in, I think was a good decision, not only as a pitching coach, but essentially as the lead recruiter. Um, so we'll see how that goes. We'll see how he's able to recruit out West. Um, but I, I, to go circle back to your question, doesn't change my mind about anything. I, I think that before Arizona got made their run to two regionals, I thought Chip Hale deserved at least one more year. When they got there, I, I felt the same way. And now after they're bow, they bowed out in regionals like they did, I still feel the same. Hey, listen, what they did in the Pac-12 tournament was really exciting. Uh, we saw we almost saw Oregon make it to the, the uh, uh, final eight, but they lost yeah. to Oral Roberts. Uh, you know, Oral Roberts probably outplayed him in that series. Oregon had a great comeback in game one. But, you know, that was a Arizona played great that week and, and it got them into the tournament, but they didn't belong. I said that. Uh, you know, even before they played, I was hoping that they would prove me wrong and they didn't, they looked, they, they played with it to me. They played with a little heart. It was disappointing. Oh, it was disappointing um, for sure. I'm, I'm just saying what their performance there shouldn't dictate whether they should have gotten in or not is all I'm they shouldn't have gotten in. They shouldn't have gotten in. I if, said if, it beforehand. If you think I said they, it on the show, if you think based on, based on their body of work that they should have gotten yep. in fine, but their it performance, was 10, they, 10 games in conference. That's fine. I, I, I understand that, that in perspective. a row. I understand. But I'm saying their performance doesn't validate their performance at regionals doesn't validate or invalidate the original decision to put them in. Do you like what uh, what Chip and and Caitlin Lowe did by you know getting you you know you mentioned the the new baseball pitching coach uh, some definite upgrades for Caitlin Lowe it seems like or not upgrades but changes on Caitlin Lowe's staff do you think that'll make a difference? Yeah, I think so. I think so. And uh, you know we we talked about you know Taryn Moat leaving um, or, or being dismissed apparently that that's. That's that's rough, uh, but yeah, Arizona's bringing in uh, the softball team's bringing in a couple of uh, very very good pitchers who won the the respective Gatorade Player of the Year awards in California mm-hmm. and Ohio, I believe. Uh, so that's massive. Uh, pitching is is what's missing on both programs. Hitting's not missing on either, um, and I it, it pitching is what is what wins um, come regional and super regional time, and and we saw that uh, with the Arizona baseball team. So yeah, I I think that 
both programs are headed in the right direction. I'm, I actually think the softball program is more likely to rebound than the baseball program, just because of the, the reputation the softball team has. I don't think that they're going to stay down for as long as you might think uh, the baseball team. Again, I don't know if Chip Hale is going to be a success. I don't know if it's going to be because uh, it, it was, it was an out of the box hire to begin with, but give the guy three years. And I think he's, if, well, it is three, the next year's year three. Not right. I'm saying you give him at least one more year. So, all right. But, I, but my saying for the hot seat thing, it's not to fire him now. I'm saying after next season. And that's three years. He right. Uh, right. And, but, I, but I answered your question. I don't feel any differently because I, I had him, what, like a, a hot seat, like a five before regional. You're, you're saying give him four years, though, is what you're basically saying. That he deserves, that he's already earned whatever happens next year he's off the hook for. No, no. I, I it, Well, you need to give a new coaching staff time, but but I, I think that look, if Arizona's terrible. They finished last in the Pac-12. They you know they lose two thirds of their conference games or more. Then maybe you you move on. Um, He's not recruiting. That's the issue that I that. That's but he brought in the guy to be there to be his lead recruiter, and I that, think that that will okay. And if, I if that helps. He's I, there's a. There's more of a learning curve, I think, for him than most college baseball head coaches because he just simply hadn't done it before. Um, but while he's doing it, he's bring, he's bringing in some good hitters, and I think he's going to bring in some good pitchers. I don't think they're going to win a college World Series anytime soon, but I think that Chappelle could get Arizona to a place where at least they are perennial regionals participant, and they're not on the fringe like they were this past season. All right, so next week on the show, Shane, what we're going to do, we're going to play something called Grading the Hires. Now that All each right. one has had at least two years – um, uh, you know, Jed Fish has had uh, what's it? Has it been two for all of them? Yeah, I think I think two for all of them, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. well, because so, remember, like that first season, our the first year we did Wildcat Country, we, all we had to talk about was new coaches being uh, coaches being fired and hired. It was crazy. We're gonna play grade the hires, so we'll do that uh, next week on the show. All right, coming okay. up next, Chip, Chip Patterson from CBS Sports. Uh, gonna talk college football and college basketball with, with us. I'm really looking forward to it here on Wildcat Country. What's up, Wildcat Country? It's Robbie G, baby, and I am gearing up for a big year with Coach Jet Fish and excited to see what the Arizona Wildcats do this football season. And just like the football team, we stepped up our program as well with the official licensed U of A ice shaker, baby. Check it out and get it at fanatics.com. Bear down, Arizona. Let's go. Shane, I'm really excited about this guest because he's kind of my coworker. In a way, he's a member of the Early Edge Universe uh, on, on Sportsline and a football and basketball writer in college for uh, CBSSports.com. That's Chip Patterson. So, Chip, thank you for joining Wildcat Country and your uh, maiden appearance. Uh, glad to have you. My first question is, anything about Arizona football nationally? Like, what do you know about Jed Fish and the job he's doing? Are you impressed? Is Arizona still off the radar? Like, give me your, you know, 5,000-foot view of Arizona football from your perspective. Well, if we've got any crossover audience with the Cover 3 podcast, they know that we jumped on board when the close losses started. Year one, Jed Fish, Tom Fernelli and I, we were riding them late in the season, eating up all those points, right? We got them as, what, like 17, 18-point dogs late in conference play, but the light had come on, and we would say, Tom, what do they do? They play hard. And so you do start to buy a little bit of stock. So then we come back last year, and, like, what do we see? All right. Jaden Delara, too many interceptions. 13 interceptions on the year, not good. But you've got one of the best wide receiver rooms in the entire Pac-12. And it's really, really fun. Defense stinks. But there is a brand of building, right? Like, what's the old uh, lose big, lose small, win small, win big? Like, as you go through all the different steps of it, that when you at least have something to hold on to, but also something to improve, it feels like the natural progression of things. Transfer portal's not incredibly kind um, to this team in this program right now, but uh, I think that you at least are still looking at a team that, like, if you're sorting out the Pac-12, it feels like you can very easily throw some teams up to the top and you can throw some teams to the bottom. And the thing that's encouraging, if you are an Arizona fan, and I'm speaking to Arizona fans, um, is that you're not getting thrown to the bottom, that you are in there in an argument, discussion, debate with a Washington State. You know, where, which one's better, right? Who would you, who would you rather? Like you could talk about the schedule and how that breaks down. I don't know if you, how much of that season prediction stuff uh, y'all are trying to get into at this point in the preseason, but the, our view is that you are looking at a program that since the hire was made 
snapped the losing streak. You've seen improvement. And this is a big year because there is stuff to improve on from last season at the quarterback position and on defensively as well. Uh, Chip, thanks for uh, for joining us. I think as we talked before we started, you're maybe unique guest number ninety nine for us. Uh, so you're sorry you just mi- missed missed out on a hundred, but we, we hey, there's some it. great ninety nines. You know, there are like JJ Watt the, the, just retired. Well, the right? great one, yeah, right? yep. the great yep. one. I, I wasn't Gretzky ninety nine as well. Wayne yeah. Gretzky was yes. ninety nine. There right. you go. That's right. It was all right. Okay, so we'll take we'll t- you'll take ninety nine. That's good. Uh, so let me ask you about. Jed Fish's approach to building this program, because obviously Arizona is not just, it's not a name brand for football for basketball. It's a different story, but he's really sold uh, commits uh, high school at a high school transfer portal guys on uh, you come here and you'll have a better chance to go pro, which obviously is step one for anyone, but you know, he's, he's brought in a lot of guys who have coaching experience at, and playing experience at the pro level. He's got a lot of coaching experience at the pro level himself in today's age with the transfer portal and NIL money. How much do you think that matters? It matters because for so many athletes, college in their mind is the step to the next thing. Now, it will not be the next thing for everybody, but if you're able to sell um, that you are building out a program that is trusted by NFL coaches and NFL front offices, like that is the think about Iowa football, right? Everybody trusts Iowa at the NFL level. Iowa guys get picked up every single year. You've got pass catchers who never had competent offenses to play in, who get to go on and be phenomenal at the NFL. And so if you are, look, it's only going to be spelled out if, and how about this? And you obviously hope that Jed Fish is going to be able to continue to build this thing, stick around. But this past recruiting class, that was the good one, right? Like this past recruiting class was the best one in several years. Keep them. That's like in the world of NIL, the thing that we are hearing from coaches is that recruiting like is tough, but like recruiting your own roster is the next level part of the game. And so I think that that is the big thing for Jed fish. Like you can sell them on getting to the NFL eventually, but if you start to get really good talent in that you had a good eye for that you were in on early, but you can't keep them at Arizona, then that's like, that's a signal that you're not the final stopping place for really good talent. The kind of talent that can get you to that next tier. Basically, you got to keep dating your spouse after after you're married. Then in this in this hey, case, it's you gotta, not bad advice, right? No, not well, as, as a married man, definitely not, definitely not. Uh, so Lindy's came out with their their pre, their preseason rankings, their super early preseason rankings, and had Arizona number fifty one overall, which. You think back two years ago, sounds like heaven to a guy like me. Yeah. Uh, and I think had, had a four teams in the Pac-12. Do you, is 51 about right for you going into the season? Ooh, I've I've got them slotted in the Pac-12 in my head in like the 7-8 range where yeah. you are, you know, sort of top of the bottom half. Again, like I can very quickly, the USC and Utah, top tier. Okay, Oregon and Washington, that's my next tier. Uh, Oregon State probably ahead of UCLA, but that's the next tier. And then all of a sudden you start to like sort out the rest. But I think that uh, to my eye, this to my eye, this Arizona team also might be better than its final record. You know, you've got five road games in conference play and your home games in conference play are tough. I mean, it is it is always the worst draw when you're winnable game. I don't know. Excuse me. I've heard the other side as well. I've heard the other side that says you want your winnable games on the road. But I think for building confidence around your team, when you're able to stack those W's at home, go on the road, and like if you're going to take a loss, whatever, you're going to lose to some of the best teams in the conference anyway, more than likely. So I, I think the schedule is tough to think that games where you know it's going to be really, really close on the point spread, that all those are going to be road environments. So you know I, I think that they are in that conversation for middle to like top of the bottom half of the Pac-12. Nationally, where that stacks up, I'm not quite there yet with my one through 33. I'll give you that right now. Like I'm I'm definitely a little bit, in my terms of my preseason preparation, I'm really getting zeroed in on like my top 70, 75 teams. I haven't really built in. I mean, listen, this is a good transparency. Like EC and I are going to be doing a show together. He'll understand that I'm very, very honest. I just come out and say it, but like, I'm just not to the Mac yet. Okay. I'm yeah. not to Kennesaw state yet. I'm not to Jacksonville state yet. Like I'm, I just haven't built out the the full one through 33 yet, but in the, in their neighborhood, 
I, I feel pretty confident in putting them in that like seven to eight kind of range. Wait, Chip, what, I mean, I just ran into my buddy Rich Rod, ironically, the other week in, uh, in Scottsdale. Your buddy Rich Rod. Uh, I mean, you every know, we've weekend. had him on the podcast a couple of times, but I ran yeah. into him at, with the family at dinner. So Jacksonville State, come on, Chip. In all seriousness, though, and I forgot to introduce Cover 3 Podcast, which is, uh, I think it's the biggest podcast that CBS has, CBS Sports has. Uh, you've kept me awake on the drive home from Tucson to Scottsdale many nights, not going to lie. So thank you for that after a disappointing Arizona loss, especially the last few years. So wanted to thank you for that. All right. As far as Arizona football goes this year, uh, just in general. So Shane and I have talked about Jed Fish and people say, you know, at some point is Jed Fish going to bolt if Arizona starts to do better and gets to seven wins and he's turned this program into a bolt team. Is it a bad thing in your opinion, if Jed Fish were to entertain other jobs in the next couple of years, assuming Arizona finally gets over the hump and makes a bowl game. You always, always, always will take that risk, okay? If we get to a point where you are getting that kind of buzz and that kind of attention, then that's great. Now, I'll tell you, this is something I've learned in the last couple of years. What you really want is you want to see a bunch of, and I'm, I'm not saying this looking down my nose at all because I am one of them as well, but you want to see a bunch of the content creators talking about Jed Fish, but none of the agents talking about Jed Fish. You know, sure. like there are those names that, um, and I experienced it locally here with Dave Clawson, where for years, writers, media, analysts, talking heads are like, you got to think about Dave Clawson for this job. You got to think about Dave Clawson. And you would just never hear from people within the industry. And it's because Dave Clawson would just let it be known. He's like, look, I, I don't need to feel like that. And I wonder if Jed Fish the whole coaching experience that he's had, where he's at in his career, that's what you want. You want him to be mentioned by everybody as a top candidate, but not actually showing up on the agents list because that means he's really is committed to what he's building right there uh, with the Wildcats. Well, the last time that Arizona lost a coach and that, that they didn't fire was 1987 when Larry Smith bolted to USC. So you think about for the last 36 years, Arizona has had coaches that have left when they were fired. So it's so not a bad it. thing. Yeah, yes. so we take that. I want to I want to transition to basketball for, you know, for a couple questions here. So Arizona just got Caleb Love. I know you've had a chance to watch him in the ACC. What can you tell us about him and and just the impact that you expect him to have on our Wildcats? He is so um individually skilled and capable of being able to create his own shot and such a, a high level offensive player. And I just think that one thing that that team really ran into was the conflict of an individual score and the absence of a real cohesion of a team. And I don't blame Caleb Love for that. When you have one of the worst assist to field goal attempt ratios in the entire country, that's a team thing. That's not just one individual player, but it is. this is what I thought of um, when the news broke that he was going to end up going uh, to Arizona. I was like, well, look, there's a lot of possessions in that game. If you got a lot of possessions, then there's going to be a lot of shots. Like if he, if Caleb Love shows up at a team uh, that plays a slow brand of basketball that might only have, you know, 68 possessions per game, uh, he's still going to want 19 shots. But if you're playing it, you know, like a up, way up tempo pace kind of game, then, you know, 74, 75, 77, think ball, balls moving fast, a lot of shots are getting up. Now, 19 shots doesn't feel like it was uh, quite as, you know, sucking all the air out of the offensive effort. So I, I think that it is going to be a good fit stylistically for somebody who with such a high offensive ceiling and that I'm not like discounting him defensively because with his range and the way that he can guard on the perimeter, it's sort of like, um, all, all the arms, it's just a, a lot of good length there that can be really, really disruptive, great in the open floor when they do have turnover situations. Um, I mean, he's, it's a bad dude when he's hot. The UCLA game. That's like I will always. If you want to sell the, if you want to sell somebody on Caleb Love, put on him just going absolutely supernova against UCLA in the Sweet 16 of that tournament run. This, I mean, as we all know, it's a very good UCLA team, and they had no a very good defensive UCLA team, and they had absolutely no answers for him. So I think that it is good. Um, that Caleb Love will be playing for a team where a lot of shots are there to be spread around. Chip, who's your favorite at this point uh, to win the Pac-12 in the men's basketball next season? Ooh. 
see. Can we talk it out? I actually haven't thought about it. Yeah, let's it. talk about it. I mean, USC obviously has got a great class and some great returners as well. LeBron's kid. Yeah, LeBron's yeah. kid's hey, going there. Yeah, no, no, no. Big fade on USC. Just that's too much energy. You can't you can't trust that. It's going to be more dramatic than that. All right. Yeah, so, well, and, and UCLA's got a lot of uh, a lot of young talent. They they brought they're bringing back Adam Bono, which is big, but they lost a lot right. of guys and they got a lot of uh, true. Well, they got the Spanish kid. Yeah, they got the yeah, Spanish yeah. kid who's supposed to be real. I don't remember his name, but he's apparently the best European international prospect. Colorado's okay. ASU's okay. Oregon's not bad. Yeah, I'll take Colorado probably over Oregon or ASU, but um. So what's so what's our Arizona looking like? Obviously Caleb Love. Caleb Love. We got Jaden Bradley as a transfer from Alabama. Yeah. We got uh, Kylan Boswell, Pella Larson, Omar Balo are all returning. Uh, Keisha Johnson from San Diego State as well, who's coming in. Uh, we got the, I mean, the, the two Lithuanian guys as well. Or fundamentally, aren't we dealing with that like super high floor? But even hitting that super high floor would be disappointing. Like, is, aren't yeah. you just at a point where you're just like look? This, let's go. Let's let's take this. Well, next where's step. the final four this year, Chip? It's in Arizona. Yeah, it's in Glendale. Well, that's so, going to lead me. Yeah, and that's going to lead my, me to my next question because you know Tommy Lloyd's had two great regular seasons at Arizona, and then the the NCAA tournament, which is always a bit of a crapshoot, has been disappointing. Of course, more most recently with the loss to Princeton, I feel like it at at this with the college basketball landscape as it is that it's really more dependent on guards in March, and Arizona was was missing that a bit yeah. in uh, last season. This season, I think. On paper, on paper, it all comes together. They're actually built a little bit more for March. Maybe not the regular season, but they're built a little more for March with Love and Bradley and Kylan Boswell and Pella Larson out there. But I don't. I wouldn't drop the expectations for the regular season. I think yeah. that you are like for better or for worse, assuming that they are going to be competing for a Pac-12 championship. There's like really not an excuse for Tommy Lloyd and Arizona basketball to be in the mix. And I, I would not imagine, like, I, again, I, I jokingly say big fade on USC. It's going to be too dramatic. No chance they're going to be able to, like, not have some bumps in the road and then some huge winning streak. It's got everybody going crazy. UCLA rebuilding after that core was together for so long. Like, Arizona should be in the mix for the Pac-12 title. All right, so then here's a question. And Shane and I talked about this the other month because I had a buddy say to me, that he would rather uh, Arizona win, you know, first or second place in the Pac-12 regular season, win the Pac-12 tournament, and lose in the first round would be okay with that as compared to, you know, a middling regular season, not winning the Pac-12 tournament, and knowing for sure you're going to lose in the Sweet 16 or Elite Eight. Which side would you choose? Better regular season and disappointing postseason or more disappointing regular season but finite postseason, not getting close to the Final Four? No, listen, this... This become wait finite meaning like you're not you have no chance of making the final four the maybe you get to the this elite is one eight. of the most most depressing would you rather questions I, I, you know what I'm saying? you've got to put the final four on there you've got to be like, would yeah. you rather dominate in the regular season win the Pac-12 tournament but then go have another disappointing yeah. exit or just be like on the bubble but then know that you're going to make it to the final four. Do yeah. one of those Kentucky or old UConn moves where mm -hmm. not obviously not this year's UConn from the four line, but yeah. Yeah, um, the hungry Huskies run, you know, when they came in. So I, I think that is the more interesting scenario is would you rather deal with the madness of a super, seemingly super disappointing Arizona team that, you know, will eventually, and let's just say to actually throw some, a little bit more sour grapes on there since apparently the sweet 16 exit, I mean, that would mean nothing. Like a sweet 16 exit is not right. worth anything. Right. Um, but if you made it to the final four loss in the national semifinal, but right. you had to go with being a middling team in the pack 12, like you're the fourth best team. Maybe you got a, maybe you got a couple good non-con wins, you know, early on in the season that are keeping that NCAA tournament resume together, but then know that you're going to go on a magical run four wins in a row, lose in the final four in the semifinal. Great. Take it every year. Chip, Chip, I want to test something out. Uh, and you may know this, but uh, if, in case you don't, do you know the last time Arizona got to the final four? I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I, I have a point to make. Okay. Is that I means that it, it I, obviously we started in 97 and then we start to crawl our way back. Um, yeah. it, it's been, uh, it's been, since. I'll, I'll just tell you, it's been since 2001. Arizona hasn't been to the final four in 22. Yeah. Oh, in 22 years in County. The reason I bring that up is because Arizona's done uh, nationally. They're, they're very, you know, considered a blue blood, maybe a notch just below UNC and Duke and Kansas and Kentucky, but yet they, they, they've won a bunch of regular season championships, back to tournament titles, sent a bunch of guys to the draft, 
had a number one overall pick who who stinks. But they, the one thing they haven't done is is get back to the final four. And and so that, I guess that I, I'm just I think that most college basketball fans, if you ask them when's the last time Arizona got to the final four, they'd say, didn't they make it in the last decade or so? Haven't they? But that just isn't the case. And that's just kind it's, of crazy, isn't not, it? I mean, it's bananas that Georgetown has one more recently. <laughs> oh, a lot of teams. Well, a lot of teams at VCU and South oh. Carolina. And, well, where uh, Georgetown yeah. is right now, obviously yeah. we're buying Ed Cooley stock, but like that Georgetown, given what Georgetown basketball has become, this massive rebuild now after it backsliding, it's like, oh yeah, like I think Georgetown was in like the 08 Final Four. Again, that was, you know, more recently than that. I mean, it's bananas. Uh, I got two last questions for you, Tip, all over the board here. All right. First of all, in basketball, Arizona's non-conference schedule this upcoming year at Duke, neutral site games against Michigan State, uh, Purdue, and Alabama, and then they host Wisconsin in the first of a home-and-home. Is that too aggressive for non-conference scheduling? Absolutely not. I'm always here for it. And that's why, I mean, what little scenario did I just play out off the top of my head? I was like, and maybe it's because they had a couple non-con wins. Like you, Arizona goes and gives you those non-con chances. And the difference, man, between these teams, it's not that much. Like the ultimate talent difference. Like maybe there's teams that are put together better, but everybody's pretty good. And there's not a lot of awesome. And so I I think that for Arizona, you 100% would rather go and test yourself against any of these teams because the losses don't hurt you and any win could end up being absolutely massive. Exactly. All right. Uh, Shane fully agrees with you. I'm Could've won, Eric. about that. Yep. I, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm way outnumbered here. All right. Last question. If you were as a betting man, because you know, we both know that you and I both bet, uh, where will Arizona be? What conference will they be in in 2025? I'm going to say the Pac-12. Or whatever's left of it, what it packs something, yeah, yeah. Or, or the Pac-10, yeah, 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 whatever it is in 2025 so, for sure. Would you say that's the best move for Arizona to stay with the Western schools, or do you think the Big 12 is a more appealing? Uh, I mean, obviously in basketball, we know it'd be incredible, but even for football, where, where would you rather stay in a Pac-10 conference without USC and UCLA, but it's better academically? Or go to the Big 12 where you have some interesting schools that have made some noise more recently. Greg Sankey had an interesting comment recently. He said, uh, at some point you run out of television windows. And it was a good heat check on conference expansion where I think that for the like, it, you know, we we have a joke on the Cover 3 podcast. We call it CMP. Uh, CFP anon. We put on our tinfoil hats, you know, like con- total conspiracy theory here. But like, it is in the best interest of big college football that we don't totally just like explode this thing right now. Like there is a very important college football playoff expansion that is about to take place and it'd be better for just sort of the overall way they're selling this thing. It, if we do have five power five conferences, like for for the Pac-12, for the ACC, like for I think the powers that be, um, I are not quite ready to hit the button on the final, you know, college football in its final form, mini NFL. I think that they're going to try to as a way to sell this college football playoff expansion and the new college football playoff product. And look, and and I I'm not, I don't think that's wrong as a college football fan. I think it's better for there to be. Five power five conferences. You know, sure. I think it is better for us to be able to have uh, some a little bit of regionality. Of course, as USC and UCLA found out their schedules in the last week and the billions of miles that they're going to be flying. But like, I I think that it'd be better than just consolidating into two power conferences to be able to you know have this thing spread out a little bit. It makes it a little bit more interesting for everyone, in my opinion. And finally, where can everybody find, and I, we know on cbssports.com, Cover 3 Podcast, but just tell us, tell our listeners where they can hear you, read you, and everything in between. Yeah, I would say that um, subscribing to the Cover 3 Podcast, we, you know, you were very, uh, you know, you're very kind in your words. We are not, fantasy podcasts crush everything, okay? Fantasy football podcasts, fantasy baseball podcasts are always going to be, like, always dominating pretty much, like, everything across the board. Um, we have had uh, we have had a great little run here, but it is because of people who like to jump in 
and they really already know everything that they want to know about their team. They kind of want to know a little bit of everything. And so if you are that type of fan that enjoys sort of picking up a little bit of everything, uh, definitely come and give us a listen on the Cover 3 podcast. On the early edge, obviously, I'm on the Friday morning show regularly. And uh, in the football season, we've got a little weekly show that uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, it's uh, just, just early edge, Cover 3 podcast, uh, CBS Sports HQ. Those are the best places to find me. Well, Chip, we really appreciate you joining us here in Wildcat Country and hope it's not the last time, especially if you and I are doing a show together in the fall, as has been rumored. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, Great having you on, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks. Y'all be well. want to thank Chip for coming on. That was awesome. Just what we thought uh, he would be. He's a character, and I really hope we can have him on again soon. I hope you all listen to the Cover 3 podcast. Two to one, Eric. Two to one on the Arizona basketball schedule. You cannot... I mean, it's probably going to be 80 to one. You guys are probably all going to agree with Shane and Chip on that one. For me, I, I would schedule more conservatively just how I am. Feel free to disagree. I'm just saying. Let them get their butt kicked a couple times earlier in the season. So what? No one's going to care come March. Uh, we had a national champion from U of A. Uh, Delaney Chanel obviously was was diving, but this was a pretty cool one last Jordan week. Jordan Geist with the the shot NCA shot put champion. Uh, yeah, let me let me. I tried to look up some of his accolades because it's ridiculous, and we haven't talked about him on the show, which I feel kind of bad about. But yeah, uh, he's just got an incredible resume. Pac-12 champion and shot put and hammer throw. Pac-12 men's field athlete of the year multiple times. So wow. You talk about some, one of the most decorated athletes in Arizona Wildcats history. He's up there. You know, he doesn't get as much attention because he doesn't play football or basketball. Um, but he's remar- he is, he's remarkable. And his next goal is to compete in the 2024 Olympics. So uh, maybe he'll follow Delaney Schnell's footsteps. Delaney, of course, won a silver medal in swimming at the 2020 Olympics. Uh, so he, they've done Arizona very proud. So And it's cool that uh, even... Uh, yeah, we, we we mentioned that what are we going to find to talk about in June? And there's always something going on. And uh, what Jordan's done is incredible. He's a, a six-year athlete at Arizona, like Delaney wow. Shaw was. So mm. uh, congr- congratulations to him. It's been that's a, an awesome achievement. Congratulations, Jordan. If you're uh, if you're listening or, or anyone that sure knows Jordan, is. that that is uh, that's incredible. All right. So my favorite topic: uh, realignment. So mm-hmm. here here's the latest. What what I'm hearing. The big issue, and this is, we'll, we'll talk about what Dr. Robin said last week, because at least he came out on, on national platforms and, and kind of spoke the truth. So a few things that I'm hearing kind of behind the scenes. Uh, a big thing that I know, at least for ASU and Michael Crow, is academics. When you look at uh, the Pac-12 as it stands now, I believe there are 10 of the 12 schools are accredited. I think it's an AAU. It's, it's, it's an, an accreditation for very good schools. ASU just got into that. Arizona has been a member since like 1985. So ASU finally getting in. You guys can make all the jokes you want. It's too easy. Uh, But fine. The Big 12 has, I believe, one of their teams, uh, as I've heard. So if you were to to move from the Pac-12 to Big 12, Arizona automatically becomes likely the best academic school in the conference. Is that a good thing? You guys decide. I, I know that. Michael Crow at ASU, and I'm, not, I'm sure Dr. Robbins feels that that is an issue. So that's number one. Number two is I have heard that the Pac-12 would sign, if the TV deal is good enough, that the members would sign a grant of rights for at least five to seven years, meaning they would all stay together. The 10 teams would all stay together. So so that's that. Okay. If, if Colorado were to bolt for the Big 12, I think San Diego State is a natural replacement. I don't know what Colorado is actually doing here. No clue what the deal is. I do not believe though, that the PAC 10 will expand beyond that right away. That's just my, my belief from what I've heard. I don't think that happens. Who knows what the TV deal is going to look like. I, I can't imagine it's going to be better than the big 12 deal. I think it's going to be primarily streaming, which in my opinion is an upgrade over what the PAC 12 network is now because nobody can watch that. I mean, let's be honest, at least streaming, you can watch from anywhere. Uh, and most people can get it. You know, they have Amazon for, you know, Amazon Prime for the NFL or whatnot. Or so that's fine. I've also heard some other TV networks are involved. You know, maybe a, a Turner, um, maybe an NBC or a CBS might be involved. If ESPN or not, that's just a, some rumors that I've heard. I don't know the validity of those. Now, from what you've heard, Shane, I, I will say this: my opinion, if I. If one of those other networks steps up, like if, if the Pac-12 got a CBS deal for their featured game on a weekly basis, 
or, you know, and a CBS and CBS Sports Network deal. I would be with a with a streaming component from like an Amazon or an Apple. I think I can get on board with that. Yeah, I I'm still Team Big Twelve if if that's an option. And I know, you, but the academics don't mean anything to you, like that part of it. Well, no, well, well, no, they, they obviously they are important. Um, but uh, I, I think that you know, Dr. Robbins is being realistic and saying, look, we're not going to get the kind of TV deal the SEC is, which I mean, is obvious, but it's one thing for a school president to say it. Another thing that I thought was interesting was that he said that he and uh, Michael Crow at ASU were very tight, but he essentially said that it doesn't necessarily, wouldn't necessarily have to be a package deal with ASU. Like if they, they were to leave, uh, which is kind of interesting. So uh, I, I would still like Arizona to to leave. I think being stuck in a ten team conference you know, without UCLA and USC, and that that goes to the, maybe even the importance going forward of Arizona men's basketball is stuck in a Pac ten without U, UCLA and USC scheduling more tougher opponents in non conference. Uh, you're going to need that um, because All UCLA, right. the, UCLA you know, missing out on two or three games against mm-hmm. them every season, and then the USC, which is usually pretty good as well, is a big deal. So. Uh, I, I would still, and I know it's about football. I would still like to see Arizona leave for the, for the big 12, um, as far as streaming, you know, some of the, um, uh, some, some people who are just, some people are just resistant to doing the, just doing the over the top platforms and the streaming platforms. And they don't want to deal with this stuff. Uh, they just want, they want to be able to actually like, like, I know someone who's like, I don't want to do sling because I actually want channels. I want to know like what channel something's on. I think there are a lot of people out there who were like that. Maybe older folks, I don't know. But I think that there are a lot of people who are just going to be resistant to it. Now, it could still be an upgrade from Pac-12 Network because if you have DirecTV, you can't get it. I, I've had Sling and now Fubo specifically because I can get Pac-12 Network and watch Arizona lose on a regular basis. But mm. I I, uh, I I understand the resistance of some people to, to doing that. So it. I don't know how true it was that Arizona or the Pac-12 was looking at the CW, but I don't know how you, if that's That true. would be, no, I mean, that'd be a disaster. Because I'm saying if there's any truth to that, then how do you go from the CW to saying, oh yeah, we're working on deals with uh, yeah. you know, CBS well, and NBC. Now, all right, so so here's the thing. If the deal is not done, if, if there is not a deal that's presented to uh, presidents, school presidents and athletic directors by July 1st, I think that the chances of a potential movement later this summer are much more significant. Yeah. As of right now, I would put it my gut feeling as 70-30 that Arizona stays in the conference. Mm. We heard it's what I would say. Um, I feel a little bit different about it. I I, the, I never considered the academic component. I think it's an issue. You want to be with school. I mean, being in a conference with Stanford and Cal, and I mean, it 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 doesn't hurt from a from an athletics perspective. Yeah, I would love to see the Big 12 at that basketball conference, would be a lot of fun. If, if the Pac-12 can get a major network involved for their big games, if we knew that Arizona basketball was going to be on a major network for its big games, I could get on board with that. I, if how not, do, I think you got to go to the Big 12, how regardless do you cons- of academics. How would you consider the Pac-12 a Power 5 conference if UCLA and USC leave and you don't have anyone to replace them except maybe San Diego State? Like how... How is that considered a power five? I mean, like, I know I know the Big 12 was down to 10 teams at one time, but they still had Texas and Oklahoma, which is big for both football and basketball. You know, you lose, I mean, USC is, UCLA, the, the, I mean, you lose the LA market. And then you have, I guess you have, I mean, Colorado maybe isn't that big a deal, but I just don't know how, how you Pac-12 really stays on the map of relevancy for long-term yeah. without, yeah, without those two schools. In football, it's basically uh, four big conferences, and then the Pac-12 is an afterthought. Yeah, you know they'll get. Yeah. The, I mean, that's what it would that, be. That's how it always already kind of is, and it's just going to get worse. It's going to get way worse. I mean, that that's honestly. With that said, you know, is the Big Twelve? I I like the if all things were equal, just based on who the schools are. Let's throw out academics, but just as far as matchups go and intrigue for the games themselves. I would be more interested in the Big 12 because of the basketball component is huge. And I think the football component is slightly more intriguing, you know, outside of an Oregon or Washington. Uh, you know, I, I am more interested in some of the new schools that we we haven't seen as much in the Big 12. With that said, you know, if the deals are about equal, I don't think you make the move. And I think that's the key is Dr. Robbins, yeah. I thought was very, he was honest. You know, he went on Paul Feinbaum. He, he spoke nationally. He was on the front page of, ESPN.com with 
you know, uh, his comments, I thought that was huge. That was good exposure. But yeah. he, finally, we had somebody tell the truth and say, yeah, I haven't gotten anything. Uh, we're not doing anything just yet. Let's see what the th- let's see what the deal looks like. And when it when it does, you know, when we see it, then we'll go from there. But until then, we can we can speculate all we want. I will say this. that Some of these big 12 people on Twitter are so incredibly obnoxious. I mean, they really are. They are. They're bad. I mean, yeah. this this whole thing has turned into a from kind of a fun debate to like people being obnoxious on, on Twitter. I know others have pointed that out. It, it's it's I'm ready for it to be over. I'll say that. I know it gives us something to talk about, but I'm kind of getting over it. Yeah, it's a whole conference of UCLA fans, basically. But no, I I, I mean, <laughs> no, I understand your point about the academics is important. And it's something we obviously, you know, it's like an afterthought when we're talking about athletics. And and I actually agree with you in terms of you know, if you've got a comparable TV deal uh, to stay in the Pac-12, it would be kind of nuts to, to make that move, at least for the right. time being. So if, the, if it was a that. significant upgrade to go to the Big 12, I think you have to make it. Yeah, I think at that point you have to make it. But I think right now... I. As I mean, I don't know what the deal is going to look like. My opinion, 70-30, they stay in, in conference. Yeah, I, I probably agree with you on that. I, I in, you're unlike your your take about non-conference scheduling in basketball. I actually agree with you on the Big 12. You've you've pulled you've you've pulled me over to that side. But as of now, you're probably right. It, it looks like that that the conference is wanting to stay together. It's like we really, really don't want to have to split up. So unless you, unless everything just completely falls apart. So yeah, as this, uh, this July 1st deadline for lack of a better term approaches, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And like we said, like we always say, Eric, there's always something to talk about even in, uh, without any, any sports going on, uh, whatsoever. But, and by the way, we'll mention real quick, um, congratulations to Aaron Gordon and Zeke Najee, uh, as bitter as I am as a Suns fan, the the Suns still haven't won a championship. Uh, I I'm happy for both Aaron Gordon and Zeke Najee, especially Gordon who, uh, unlike Frank Kaminsky, uh, won the big one. So, uh, congrats to him. And I have a Aaron Gordon rookie card, number 225, an autograph card in his U of A uniform that I am uh, especially proud to own at this at this moment. Congratulations to those former Wildcats for their NBA title. Good for the Nuggets. I mean, a great run they had. And, yeah. hey, you know, they, got, they, they did. They got they got a favorable draw, and the Suns were probably the most difficult team they played in the playoffs. Probably based true. on seed, they were. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Based well, on in, seed, well in, in terms of uh, the games, because they, they beat everyone else in, in four or five games. So, yeah. Yeah. How about that? Nuggets. There you go. Yeah. Well, you know, we always say, Shane, as you just referenced, you never know what we'll talk about on a weekly basis. Well, I guess we'll see what uh, the next week brings us. But nice to be back on with you. and, And thanks to Chip Patterson for joining us. So for Shane Dale, I'm Eric Cohen. Thanks for listening. And as always, bear down.